You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1130. To make a billion, you have to lose a million. <laughs> you know, not for everybody, but uh, here's the thing. Broke people never lose money on anything because they never invest. They only spend money on their groceries and their entertainment and their Netflix and their Hulu and all that garbage in their car. And broke people drive $80,000 vehicles, but they don't lose money on any investments because they're not investing in themselves and others and businesses. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Hello, Rhino Nation. It is me, Brent Bowers, your land man. I have an incredible guest today. His name is Dare Smith. He is living out of the back of his 47, correct me if I'm wrong, 47 foot camper, 42 foot camper toy hauler that it takes a one ton truck to pull. This guy goes around the country like his house and his lifestyle is pulled by him and his truck. He checks out his land deals. And I mean, he came in about almost two years ago with the land sharks. This is one of my very First, I would say beta students, you know, thanks to Dare, we created the Land Sharks course and the questions that he asked. And we've got a great story for you today. So I'm excited to share it. Uh, we were talking a lot over the last couple of days before we hit the record button, but let's just go ahead and get right into it. Dare, how the heck are you today? And where are you at in the country? I'm wonderful. I am, uh, my last round of mailers was down in Texas. So I am currently in an RV park in Texas. It's a fun lifestyle. I intentionally did it here because I wanted to be warm. I don't like Colorado in the cold. So yeah, down here in the, in the warm is, is fantastic. It's, I think we're talking, well, today is, is overcast. So we're talking mid 60s today. Beats Colorado. I love it. Yeah, that's where we originally met was Colorado Springs at the meetup I had started there. And uh, we've got a good friend uh, together, Lance King. Uh, he's doing really well in land as well. Well, I'd love to hear your story. When we, I remember our first conversation, we were talking, you were telling me that you had literally had just lost $3 million and you were kind of just starting over, starting new. And I'll tell you, I, I was definitely in awe of that just to, to have to rebuild from that and to take the steps, you know, what did that look like? Where were you at? Why lands? Really kind of like, I want to hear the backstory. So to be more technical, it was about 14 years ago that I had lost. It was the 07. What I discovered in the in the market crisis is they don't take all your stuff at once. It doesn't matter how you structure it. It's a process to take all your shit. It's a mess, right? By the time they take this one and then they then they attach that one and they lean this one and it, it takes them years to get you through all of your stuff. Well, long story short, the thing that I'd done wrong, I was a contractor. I had millions of dollars for the properties. I had literally six houses and eight pieces of property that I had um, but I had structured it wrong in my financing, in my deals. I was backwards. And so my payment was about $26,000 a month on these six houses. And I owned eight pieces of property free and clear. So I used the eight pieces of property to try and negotiate with the bank. Hey, but it was before the banks would even negotiate, before they even knew they had to, right? So it was really scary time for me. And where you met me 14 years later, I had literally, okay, I knuckled down. I found a job again. I just very conservative and I hated that lifestyle. It wasn't me. I was a contractor from way back, right? So, and that's what evolved into all these businesses and, and things. But because I was so fearful. Now, fast forward to when you and I met, I told you straight up. I said, Brent, I'm fearful. I have reason to be fearful. I did it to myself. I know I did it to myself, but I've got to solve it, right? 
So when you and I talked, it seemed like a good fit, and, and, and it was exactly what I wanted to do, doing land instead of houses, you know, much less liability, much less things to be concerned with, right? So a huge difference. So I jumped in, both feet, I'm in. Now, that said, uh, what you alluded to, you know, it was it was frustrating uh, working with you because I was the first to begin with, and, you know, I needed more hand-holding than you were able to do because you were growing. You were growing like crazy, right? So I needed more hand-holding, and you weren't able to do that. So I recognize that you're, you're a good guy. You're a great guy. I enjoyed what you were doing. I needed to solve my problem. So I went out and I found a mentor for me uh, on top of what you and I did. And again, we, I still pick your brain occasionally on this or that. But for the most part, um, I paid a mentor separately to help me get over my concerns, my individual specific concerns that I had in the market, uh, having to do with contracts, having to do with structuring, having to do with how to actually make this deal go. I got to do some creative finance. You got to do some creative work here, but how do I do it so I don't get screwed, right? That's kind of my approach to, to where we are this moment. Yeah, no, then I applaud you for that. You know, here you are, you're kind of still getting over this massive, you know, loss that you had, you know, 14 years prior, and you now have a new system, you're, you're going into land, but there was still a lot of fear and you took the steps oh. to get past that fear. Right. I mean, for anybody listening to that, like, that they're fearful. Maybe they're just starting out in houses or wholesaling houses or flipping houses or, or maybe land. You know, yeah. what can you say to that person? Because, Derek, you're not the only one that's, that's you know, starting over or just getting started that has fear. We all fear something. Right. We have fear of failure, fear of loss, fear of rejection. We all have those. And I'll tell you, there's days or nights where I'll do a big land deal and I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be afraid. So I'm curious, like, how do you get past that? How did you get past that when pulling the trigger? And I, we're going to get on to the success you've had with it. But, you know, what did you do? Like you hired that person. How did you get through that? The first thing that, I, that helped me to recognize to get over it was this. I lost millions because I made millions. If you recognize that, okay, start there. You had what it took to make it. You had what it took to get there. It was within my grasp. I never got to put it in the bank, so to speak. I had all the components and all the pieces, and it just never gelled because I, I structured it wrong. Okay, learn and grow, right? So the, the second part is, is take responsibility. So I didn't blame anybody else, Brent. Huge catastrophe and huge mess, but I, I didn't spend my time going, well, I mean, I'll be honest. There, there were some, some times where I had months where I was like, my God, that, that banker or that mortgage broker or that person really screwed me over. And they did. When you're down, when you're getting kicked, people screw you, right? But don't focus on it. Don't focus on it. Where, where you and I came to 14 years later was when I finally said, okay, I'm going to do something about this. I know it's scary for me, but I'm going to do something about it. I love it. Where your attention goes, energy flows. You know, Don't focus on the negatives. Don't focus on the right. people that kicked right. you while you're down. You're focusing on getting back up and being even more prosperous going forward. So taking responsibility. Right. I love that. I mean, such a great message for me and anybody are listening to this right now, Rhino Nation. Let's keep moving forward. Let's talk about that first land deal or you know what? Let's talk about the first land deal and then how the heck you found that first land deal and then how you got it sold. And then eventually we'll get to where you are currently today with what you got going on. Okay. So did the mailers like you proposed? Um, I actually, I'm a very hands-on guy, but I'm not techie. So that's a kind of a, a weird combination in today's market. So what I will do is I will push everything that I can off onto somebody who is more capable of doing it. A tech, a VA, a, or somebody that is able to help me. My partner did a lot of it when we were together. So I oversee, I have the big picture, I know where I'm going, I know what I want to do, but then I try and delegate. Now, 
again, in today's market, I run into a lot of problems, Brent, because uh, in today's market, it's, it's all digital, right? And so I've had to fairly recently come to the conclusion, okay, Derek, I got to do it myself. I got to learn it so that I can teach it. That was a huge part. But the first land deal itself was, I just did what you told me to, Brent. I, I kept mailing, kept mailing, kept mailing, and, and the first weren't very successful. And most people do not want to hear that. Most people don't want to hear that, especially if their first mailer didn't produce any results, especially if their second mailer didn't produce any results. And then that third mailer didn't produce. And the fourth mailer, they finally get the phone call or the land offer letter mailed or faxed. I get called crazy all the time because I tell people to get a fax machine. That's key, Brent. When the mailer comes back, it's a lot easier than when you're having a conversation because what I was finding is in my first, I'm telling you, it was probably six or seven mailers for me. I spent thousands of dollars with no return. And it's like, God dang, is this going to work at all? Right. And, and it was, yeah. it was having conversation, you know, intermittent conversations. When I'm looking back on it, I'm going, I messed up my own conversations. I was so timid. I, I didn't present it properly. I presented it in such a way that if I was selling a property, I'd be going, mm, I don't think so. Right. So I would back out as if I was the seller. So I'm looking at it going, okay, I created a lot of my own problems. A lot of it, Brent, is getting enough conversations and then go, damn it, I said it wrong. And then and you write it down, okay, what you said, and then and then say, okay, the next time the phone rings, I'm going to say this, I'm going to focus on this part, right? Is how I finally ended up going through it, right? And then, and then with my mentor, I eventually said, okay, walk me through this. What am I doing? Again, I had I was a health insurance sales agent before. So I had that as a reference. When you bring a lot of, of questions, when the, when the client gets to the end of the presentation and they have a whole bunch of questions, I know that I did it wrong. I know that I presented it wrong and I know that I'm the one that left questions in their mind. So I have to restructure how I'm saying it. And so I took that to my mentor and say, okay, I know this, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. I mean, the repetition and you had the audacity to keep going and keep pushing those mailers out and actually going back and seeing what wasn't working. But what I I was hearing too was the limiting belief is, is this going to work? I spent thousands of dollars on letters. I was hearing those questions from you as well when, when we would get on our Just on letters before I got anything. Six or $7,000 on letters. Is that what you just said? Yep. Six I got or Here you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes you can't just send you know, $100 worth of letters and expect to get a deal. Six or $7,000 is what Dare spent on letters and he kept pushing forward. But I hear that that limiting belief was probably also transmitting over to your sellers and they weren't even, because you didn't believe it yourself. But what got past that? Was it just a repetition and writing down what you said and recording what you said and listening to it? Yeah, I was, in my opinion, wise enough to ask somebody else, okay, how do I actually sound? You tell me. And he was harsh. Sound like this. You're raising your own question. You're making them ponder. You're making them ask. They're making them wonder. It's like, okay. He said, try this. You know, and we would script out a part of it and I would try that again. Right. And I'd work it with my wife or I'd work it with my, I'd have my daughter sit there. Okay. Hey, how does this sound? Well, dad, I'm kind of tired of hearing it. <laughs> you know, hey, she's a kid. No. And I'll tell you, you know, one of my mentors says, look, if my 12 year old daughter cannot understand what I just said or what you just said, you need to change your approach. So that's a good point. You know, sometimes we have to send that recording to our mentor or let our children listen to it. Or our, our biggest skeptic sometimes is our wife, like, or not, I shouldn't say skeptic, critic or constructive criticism. Like sometimes like I have to ask my wife if it's like a team member or I'm dealing with a, a business problem, you know, she will give me a neutral, like third party advice. And sometimes she'll tell me that I'm being an idiot. And 
It's hard to hear that, especially from a significant other, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, coach. But I applaud you for taking that step, letting someone listen to it. So, all right. So that first land deal, you spent $8,000 on letters. How long had you been sending out letters before that first one was locked up and, and under contract? Five months-ish. Five months. Got- okay. What did you get it under contract for? What did you purchase it for? Oh, it was it was some junk property. Uh, it was some property worth about five grand, and um, I was going to get it for five hundred bucks. You know, so okay. I mean, it's not very good property, but they didn't want very much for it either. Now, at that time, I was able to get seven of those to begin with, and that was for all from one seller. And then I didn't, I didn't have the balls to sell it for five grand, Brent. I needed the money, right? So I, I sold the first ones. As I recall, I pulled them for like 35, 3,800 bucks. And then I went, oh, wait, I can sell these on contract, like Brent said, right? So then that was when actually, yeah, that, that was a hard, another hard learning curve because creating the contract was again very scary for me. But got through that, got my mentor, got you know the proper paperwork, realized what part I had to do, what part they had to do. See, I would have had the title company before do it. And when I ended up, you know, hurting so bad and costing me so much. It's like, well, hell, if they can't do it, how can I do it? Right. And I had that complex, that concern. So doing the paperwork, we generated some payments. Uh, we have our last one actually here going to wrap up here in about two months. Yeah. They're, they're, they're properties I sold on contract. Um, I then ended up getting another 12 pieces of property, also all from one seller that I bought for $6,300 and resold for 35000 So that was my first real deal that I was like, damn, I can do this, right? $6,300 and sold for $35,000. Now, how many letters were you at that point? Was this part of the $8,000 worth of letters? Ish. I, I would be lying if I tried to pinpoint out exactly. It was it was in that same grouping because I was mailing the same area. Okay. So yeah. about 8,000 so, uh, 8, letters to get, what is that? 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 parcels of land. On 8,000 yeah. letters. I'm hearing a home run here. <laughs> I'm hearing a home run. Oh, About 8,000 letters, you know, gave you almost 20 parcels of land. Not bad. Not bad at all. And it just took a little longer for that pump to get all the air out of it. Like that old-fashioned farm pump where you're pumping it and pumping it and pumping it and water finally starts to trickle out. And eventually the water starts gushing out. And then you can slow down a little bit on that pump. But if I understand right. correctly, you sent about 8,000 letters to get 19 parcels of land. I want to back up though. That seven parcels at five hundred each. You bought? Okay. Did you? What was it? Thirty five hundred. You paid for it for for that land for all seven parcels. Yep. All right. Thirty five hundred paid, and but the ones okay. to include your contracts and the ones you sold for cash. What would you say all combined was your gross profit on that? Or I would just say gross amount that you collected on that thirty five hundred dollars invested. Roughly thirty thousand on that on that first round ish. Again, I, I, I'd have to crunch the numbers exactly, and we're still working on the taxes on that. We, we hit the road, and so it's we didn't do part of it. But anyway, so yeah, so my KPIs I haven't tracked as much as I want to and should have. But um, roughly thirty thousand on that on that grouping. Um, that would not include the thirty five thousand for that other property, and overall total. In that area, we pull, we mined out one hundred thirty-five thousand. Wow! And that, that grouping, <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's continuing to mail, right? And that's over the course of uh, a year, let's say, in that in that area, we're about one hundred thirty-five thousand in that area. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for the victory bell. If you have headphones on right now, you might want to pull them back because I'm going to blow this victory bell for Dare Smith. It is time for me to get a new victory bell because I've broken it now for about the third time this week. That is phenomenal. So if you take your calculator, I'm going to do it right now on the call here on this on this podcast, thirty thousand dollars, and I'm going to divide it by thirty five hundred that they're paid for. You got seven parcels at five hundred each, so that is an eight point five seven percent. So let's just say, so basically, for every dollar you paid, you get a dollar. I'm sorry, you get eight dollars and fifty seven cents. So times that by a hundred. I was trying to give my money back. So I sold them for cash to get my money back. And then I sold them on contract, which I was able to sell more. Cause then I was able to say, well, okay, well, if I'm going to help, I'm going to finance this for you, then I'm going to sell it for more. So I sold it for more on contract. So, all right. Oh, you know. beautiful. And that's fine. You, I heard you sold one for 3,800 bucks. Now your now your money is back out of the deal. You've got your security back in your pocket. You can put that money in the mail or profit, but I'm seeing an 857% return on investment on the first seven parcels now let's get to this one for 6300 i could have given you more exact numbers but yeah you're not you're not wrong there's there's some astronomical numbers that's all right i'm holding your feet to the fire right now we're breaking it down i like i like to break things down slowly so it's okay you didn't have to have your numbers ahead of time i just wanted to hear your story so let's just go the one you sold for thirty five thousand. Thirty five thousand. divide that by sixty three hundred dollars you 5.55x your money. So in other words, and I hope there's no financial guys on this call, like, you know, financial analysts or uh, whatever it's, but you made a 555% return on investment all within about 8,000 mailers. <laughs> I had a scare on that one too, that I want to tell you about. So um, because it was $6,300 and our threshold was five grand and we go through a title company or not, I didn't have the money at the time. I had spent all the mailers. Like I said, I hadn't had any return. I needed some money to come in. It's like, okay, I'll take this gamble, this $6,300 gamble in this property, right? The people had owned it for 54 years had been in their family. And um, so I bought this property for 6,300 bucks. Now I went to sell the property. Uh, everything went fine. I sold it. Um, I sold it tabletop crossing or, or closing with somebody for $35,000. They're paying me $500 a month. You know, I'm doing this for roughly a year, right? Now, all of a sudden, they're, they want to sell the property. They're selling it for, I think it's, I don't know, I want to say a sixty-five or $68,000, excuse me, on this property, which is great. I'm, I'm all for them. I applaud them. Great. But their title company said, there's a lien on this property. And they said it was from 1971. I went, <gasps> all the air went out of the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I went, I literally drove there to West Texas to, to, to have this conversation with the uh, people that had the lien. And it was, it was the county lien. They had done some uh, mowing on the property that never got paid back. It was a $30 lien that could have been in the tens of thousands of dollars in, in a 40-year period, right? Based on a 10% interest, depending on how they calculated it, right? It's what they what they say that they do. So I went and had the conversation. I said, listen, what, what is this going to cost me? And she goes, well, it's going to cost you. And she, it was, it was like $477. It's like, can I just pay it now? Let's just, let's just get this over with, right? And so then I went back, right? It went back to where I was living. And I got another call from the title company. They said, uh, Dare, that was nice, but that's not the one we called you about. That's not the lien we called you about. And he said, there's, there's another lien on this property. I'm like, oh no. Again, how much is it? She goes, another $30 from 1971. I said, okay, well, can we just put it in the, in the closing net? 
and he, he they agreed to do it. So anyway, I got it, ended up getting on that. But long story short, I have learned. I'm going to run through the title company from now on. It's not worth it. Yeah, we are running all of our land deals through the title company now. Uh, even if it's 1500 bucks, if we think it's going to take away from profit, Here's the thing. If, if we're worried about that $1,500 on one land deal, we no longer do them. In the beginning, you know, when, when $100 was, was huge to me, I would do it without yeah. the title company. But yeah, new yeah. course, completely re-recorded the whole entire course. I highly, highly recommend getting a title insurance company to put yeah. do their title search, go for liens and encumbrances. I bought one time a property with $157,000 IRS tax lien on it. And I had to wait a year to take ownership of it just so we can get that $157,000 IRS tax lien to fall off. By the way, though, I'm still getting paid to this day $574 a month on that one piece of land. Nice. Um, nice. That is phenomenal. So I want to know, here's what I really want to know, is what did that feel like to finally get that money coming in after you'd spent five months mailing, eight grand on letters? What did that feel like? I finally went, this works. I can do this. I, I didn't have confidence in myself before. Like I said, I, I literally lost millions and I'd forgotten that, that I made it, right? When you're in the thick of it, you forget, right? So it's like, right now, I still have, right? If I'm honest, I still have some lingering things that I have to deal with mentally, some, some demons in the closet, so to speak, that I have to deal with in terms of angst and concerns and things that I just continue to work through on a daily basis, right? You know, I'm going to continue to get some help on, but uh, things like what happened in the market, the market closed in on me and I had no options. So when I feel like I'm in a piece of property that I have no options on, I get that angst again, right? So I, I got I got work to do. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm out of the woods. I got work to do on me. I love it. I love it, man. Hey, we all have work to do. Absolutely. Well, what does it look like today? You shared some uh, interesting information with me on the phone a couple days ago. Tell me about what you've done in the last six months. I want to hear what's going on in today's time. We're talking about memory. I have lots of stuff that I go that goes on, right? But I don't know what we talked about and you're specifically looking for. Oh, you, you had mentioned that in the last six months, like you had made a total net profit of, I believe that was $140,000 just in the last six months. And yeah. that was kind of the update and the shock to me because we had kind of lost touch there for a little while. And I hadn't checked yeah. on in on you. And I hear from you, I'm like, oh my God, you're doing incredible. Let's do a podcast. I want to deep dive all of this. Okay, so um, I did the math on that one. And it turned out to be one hundred fifty-three thousand on those. I, so I've had three properties uh, that were back to back to back. The two of them were pretty straightforward. A seller that just she owned it with her siblings, and they we just want out. We just want to okay. We haven't used it. It's in a different county than we are. It's like okay, I'll give you you know what do you think's fair? She said you know, I, and we came up with a price. And I said great, done. And that was two properties. I sold one of them for way. I was in such an I need for the money. That I COVID had long story short, but COVID had taken my health insurance business down to nothing. Um, I had a, a vibrant, you know, eight thousand dollar a month health insurance business, and it's literally at fifteen hundred bucks a month or something like that now. It's it's that harsh. And again, I'm not blaming it; I'm taking responsibility for myself. But that's where I'm at, right? So my income that I was planning on hasn't been there. When this property came available, I finally got it, got it purchased. It's like I gotta sell it now, right? So I didn't do my due diligence, Brent, as far as the, what the property was worth. And I sold it to somebody who then turned around and sold it for 70 grand on top of what I sold it to him for. So I, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to make you feel a little better there. That's happened to me multiple times. <laughs> it's an for being a wholesaler. You got to leave money on the table, but at the same time, you know, I made, I made my 40 grand. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy, you know, 42, whatever I'm going to made off that. And I'm happy that I did it. Right. But, um, I learned, right. So then, uh, 
on the other two properties, I did I did considerably better. All right. So I just want to verify and clarify here that I heard you say that you've made $153,000 net profit in the last six months on land. Correct. Correct. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, just the, the things that you've accomplished with this and the very short amount of time as well. Uh, I applaud you. I mean, you, you went through the thick of it. I mean, you're kind of, you're rebuilding yourself. And, and I'll tell you, I keep hearing you say you've lost millions, but you had to make millions to have lost millions. Yep. We talked about this on the call the other day. I have a mentor. Uh, he's a multi, multi-millionaire. And he explained to me, he's like, look, I can't tell you how many times I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then he introduced me to a gentleman that's a billionaire. It's, he's probably only got about $5 billion. But that same gentleman said, you know, I lost a million, $1.9 million on one deal. And he said, Brent, to make, to make a million dollars or to make a billion, you have to lose a million, <laughs> you know, not for everybody. But uh, here's the thing. Broke people never lose money on anything because they never invest. They only spend money on their groceries and their entertainment and their Netflix and their Hulu and all that garbage in their car. And broke people drive $80,000 vehicles, but they don't lose money on any investments because they're not investing in themselves and others and businesses. So anybody listening to this today, go out there and invest in yourself and take action. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Dare just gave us a great story. And I'll tell you, I, I thank you so much for, for letting you know me just kind of hold your feet to the fire with that. Guys, if you're listening to this, looking to get started, you want to start taking action, I want you to head on over to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land, fill out the form, schedule a call and join one of the most progressive real estate mastermind coaching communities groups to push you to your limits to get you to take action and build a business today that serves you your families and others god bless you dare thanks so much for jumping on with me thanks brent good to chat with you that's all for this episode your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches we'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling